So oddly enough, I usually have something in mind that I can start the show with, and that's like our little kickoff. And I couldn't think of one. And I couldn't think of anything. And we sat here in silence for a minute because I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> and David reminded me that that's the entire point of today's show because that's the topic. We'll get to that in a little bit. How you doing? What's up? Good morning. Okay, so. yeah. Well, you know, it's raining again here. And you so. know, me being so technically inclined when it comes, to, you know, I, I always joke about how Apple is like, oh, that's like the design arc of Apple's like, that's cool. Wow, that's great. Oh, man, how convenient. Wait, what are they doing? Wait, I'm not sure how to use this. What is this? I have no idea what to do. That's where <laughs> I am right now when it comes like over the last eight years of Apple. So I'm getting lots and lots of text messages because the maker camp is coming up. So a lot of people are like directing questions at me. And I have the sound shut off on my phone, but I keep hearing bings. I don't understand why. So I don't know how to, if you're going to hear bings throughout the episode, I apologize. I don't know how to stop people texting me. I guess I could turn my phone off, but then it's going to still bing through the computer. Mm. Yeah. I turn that off on the computer. It drives me crazy. Like I need one place for people to get in touch with me. <laughs> Let me see. I'll shut, I'll shut off text message app. I just shut it off. Now I have my It'll phone. probably still come through, but that's okay. That's we'll what I'm saying. It. Like why, why, why Apple? How do things work? And you know, it's scary. It was very scary. And, and I have nothing to hide, but it's scary because people are watching your conversations. I'll see Taylor and she'll be like, oh, yeah, I saw you were talking to so-and-so. I'm like, did I talk to him in public? I'm like, that was a private text message. You go, how'd you find? Oh, I was using your iPad. And I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, and then like the iPad, you know, like even if it's just sitting on the table, the conversation pops up. I don't have that. I have nothing to hide, but you know, still it's like, like I'll walk in and Taylor be like, I think you should go with the blue. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, the, the blue when you and Derek were talking about what color to use. I'm like, oh, and I see my iPad sitting there with like open messages on it. I'm like, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <My iPad. laughs> I kind of disconnect all of that stuff from the, but I, I do it, I guess, because like I have a little, an older iPad that we use uh, with the cameras and stuff. We'll use it to control the sliders because there's, you know, like an app to control the timing of the sliders or different camera things or whatever. And I kept running into this thing where messages would show up on my phone as read already. I'm like, I didn't read that. And it was because the iPad was just open and the message oh, would come up and somebody yeah. would accidentally touch it or whatever. Swipe it and away. so I ended up kind of going through all the different Apple devices and shutting all of that stuff off so that it only goes to my phone and not anything yeah. else. See, I need to do that. Yeah. It's kind of a hassle, but probably worth it. Anyway. Anyway. Go ahead. What's, what's going on? What's new? Well, I'll go first. We've been getting ready for Maker Camp, so... There's a lot of preparation. If you guys have seen my stories, we have uh, Wesley Treat and Michael Elm and uh, Johnny uh, Trambucas have been working on a big giant dinosaur. It's going to be like a Burning Man burn, and it's going to basically be a big rocket stove. So as the the they feed like through its open back or belly, the smoke's going to come up out of its mouth, and then eventually the whole thing will burn, and it's going to be like a yeah. People with pitchforks and sticks are going to be standing around the chanting maker <laughs> maker phrases. <laughs> So they've been, uh, they came out here early, you know, Wesley's from Texas and Mike's from the Northwest and Johnny's local, but they've been collecting all the wood and I gave them a ton of stuff. And then a local sawmill gave them literally a huge truck of stuff to, to use, um, all side cuts, you know, it's like that cup side wood. So they're working on that. And, uh, today a bunch of people are coming to town. My brother's coming from California. My brother, John, his two daughters are coming with him. So oh, we've been cool. prepping the house. We haven't had to... We used to Airbnb the house, the whole house at a time. And so 
having Airbnb always chasing you around is a good is a good motivator to make sure the house is always nice and neat and clean and dusted and vacuumed because my house is like a big giant HEPA filter. It's just full of dust from the wind blowing through it all the time. And uh, so getting ready to have some guests here at the house, which we've been making sure we've been repainting some of the floors. It's like the Olympics are coming to town. So even though the event has nothing to do with my house and my property specifically, but people come in. So we just want to make sure the house looks as good as it can look. And, you know, my house is, is, is so big that every other room becomes a junk room. It's like, what do you want to do with that? I don't know. Put that in the bedroom. And then that bedroom just slowly turns into the room, like another broom closet. And so we're making sure every one of the rooms is available as a proper bedroom with a proper bed. We bought a couple of new mattresses. So we've been really busy just getting the house ready. So there's no video this week, although I, I might, I might, if I can, and I don't see how there's going to be time. I have a the video on the Cadillac, which I need to finish. I have a couple of like kind of more like vloggy style videos, which aren't done. So I don't think I'm going to be able to get to that just with so many people. Already today, I'm getting like, I got like 20 text messages since we've been talking. So that's what's going on here. And if anybody's inclined to come to the Maker Camp, it's this weekend starting Friday. Today is Friday, I guess, you know, the publication date. And it goes through to Monday. Lots of blacksmithing, timber framing, leather working, all kinds of fun stuff. How many people are you expecting? Uh, about 300 or more, maybe oh. more. Yeah, wow. A lot of people. Well, the Europeans were going to come and they can't come because uh, the border is closed. So Laura had to pull back. She can't come. Jocko was going to surprise us. And he called me. He's like, I was going to surprise you, but I'm not allowed to come. So the Europeans aren't allowed to come across, unfortunately. Uh, Pat Lapp can come in from Canada because he could fly in. So Pat Lapp will be there. A couple of days ago, uh, when Pat finally got his ticket to come to the event, he posted, he said, we're all going to be together again. And everybody got excited and they thought we were going to be able to, they thought we were do, already doing a second season of the show, which hasn't been published yet. So yeah, I got a lot of I messages. Thought. I texted you about it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, wait, Another season of the show? I'm like, no, no, no. Pat's just so excited that he got his plane ticket to come. He's excited to see us. Actually, Pat's been texting me this morning as well. He's one of the bings you keep hearing. So um, he's going to be at the show demonstrating lathing and bowl making. And I did it again. I said lathing. I'm sorry, everybody. I meant to say turning. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's it. Just uh, it's it's kind of. I said to tell last night we actually went to dinner. We like went on a date and had dinner like you know before midnight. And I was like, "Isn't it interesting?" I go, you, "Have you noticed this week I don't have a movie that I'm working on?" And she's like, "Yeah, I love these weeks when you don't have a movie to work on because <laughs> it's like I'm just like home at like seven, six, seven. Like, what's doing? Oh, you clean it up. Let me help you clean up. You know, it's like <laughs> usually I'm like buried in the shop trying to get a deadline done. But this week, I'm just casually dealing with everybody that needs help at the maker camp. And uh, tomorrow, I have to bring my big bandsaw over to the field. We're gonna have, I'm going to be under a tent with my big bandsaw. I'm going to be doing bandsaw demos. Yeah. How is that? Like, you're used to working at a particular pace with a particular uh, you know, type of work and stuff. And then when you switch gears to the TV show thing or to this event thing where you're taking in a different kind of input and you have a different kind of stuff that you have to accomplish. How is that for you? Is that like well, a weird shift, a tough shift, or is it just, it's, I'm really work? good at switching gears. Like when it's like movie week and I have to make a movie for somebody or rather, you know, I say movie, I mean a YouTube video. 
when I have to make a video, I'm just like completely hyper-focused on that video. Any, like if people come in to talk to me, I'm just like, yeah, cool. Like Casey said it a couple of weeks ago where he said when he was hyper-focused on making a video and he was on, uh, he, he was on, uh, Steve O's podcast. He goes, everybody I was talking to, I was just going, how long will it take for you to go away from me so I can get back to work? <laughs> so I'm, when I'm on one of those weeks, it's the same thing. Like my neighbors will come over and be like, Hey, have you seen so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Cool. Right. Right. You know, I just like, yes, I'm to death till I out the door, then I go right back to work. And um, but when it's weeks like this week, like I'm just there, I'm helping these guys get as many tools as they need and materials as they need. And Austin calls me every couple hours. Hey, do you need this? Can we? Where can we get one of those? Can I borrow this? Because you know he knows my house is is open to his house, so he's coming over and borrowing stuff for the events. And so. And then there's like a window. I'm like, oh, let me change the uh, brake cylinder on my truck. So like I'll go, you know, like all these little like to do lists. So this week has been one of those weeks where everything's just kind of just like open and loose. And if I find I have an hour, I'll go and like <clears throat> do some stupid task I've been putting off that only takes me an hour. And uh, yesterday I got a delivery from Juan of uh, of uh, old timey tools, friends of mine, friend of mine from Instagram. Some people know Juan, and Juan's moving to Texas, so I bought. You guys are going to laugh at me. You guys ready? Oh, no. Bob's a, Bob's car, a truck. No. I bought five bands. I bought five bandsaws from one. <laughs> Bob fell out of his chair. <laughs> five bandsaws. I bought five, four Delta 14 inches and one Delta 10 inch. And the 10 inch, Juan is such a, Juan is so uh, addicted, way more than me, I believe. But what? Juan, he said, look, I'm driving up from Baltimore with all your stuff. Great. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we made a deal, financial deal. I actually traded him a couple tools that were here. So he got, he left with some tools, but he said, I found this on Facebook market, a 10 inch Delta from 1940. It's missing some parts, but it's mostly there. It's operable. He says a hundred bucks. He goes, I'm buying it. And I'm in, you know, if you want, I said, yeah, he goes, all right, I'm buying it. I'm just going to buy it for a hundred bucks and give it to you. I just say, I can't let it go like into the ether. It has to stay in the community. So he stopped along the way. I bought it on Facebook market just to give to me. I paid him a hundred bucks for it, but it's, it's a very, very, very rare antique bandsaw that you never see. I've only ever seen one before in my life. I know Paul Mayett's got one in, in Tony Rouleau's. His, I saw Tony's and PJ Galati got it. Long story short. So now I have five new bandsaws, a new lathe that I bought, a short one. It's like a shorty from like a high school uh, workshop class and uh, a shaper, which is this old timey um, machinist tool that they don't use anymore. It's more of a novelty. And, uh, and just a couple of knickknacks, a bunch of wood, big giant chunks of walnut, five inch by by twelve inch wide walnut, eight feet long. So the planks are like huge. Yeah, the, the, I got two of those. So a bunch of stuff. I mean, oh, he has tons and tons of stuff. He just kept sending me pictures all week. He's like, "Do you want my chickens? Ten dollars each." I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he kept sending me pictures all week in preparation for the trip. So Juan, thank you very much. I'm happy. So I have uh, bansos. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I bought for one or two friends, so they're going to come and go. And uh, but I'm going to fix a couple up and just have a couple ready to go: metalworking, woodworking, metal, two metal and two wood. That's so much physical space of bandsaw, like the no footprint. Kidding. Oh yeah, of all yeah. of your bandsaw is that's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, like I said, they're not all going to stay. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> he's like, I have nothing to say to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no physical space. Yeah. Well, I, I have a problem. Yeah. Right. yeah. My name is Jimmy, and I have a bandsaw problem. Thanks for sharing, Jimmy. There's a T-shirt for you. Right there. Well, when I was a kid, I 
played my, my first band, so... Yeah. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I had nothing to say. I'm sorry, Dad. How do you buy blades? You gotta buy them in, 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 in bulk now. No, I, I always have a bunch of blades laying around. I always have a bunch of blades. And I've been working with Starrett. Starrett makes metal cutting blades, so I just, uh, I'm about to sign a deal with Starrett full-time, so I'll be working oh, that's with That's awesome. So they'll be giving me metal cutting blades. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. So we good. We good. Well, I'm sure the maker camp is going to be really cool. I wish I could, could get to that. I've, my kids have, we have two birthdays in, um, October. And so all of the trips that you're the events that usually happen in October, like the stuff out West and then maker camp, like those are rarely ever things that I could fit in, but hopefully someday we can next year make it happen because it sounds like off the hook. And then Mark, uh, Mark Adams is going to be there again. Mark Adams is uh, the amazing maker photographer who takes all these cool pictures of everybody at these events. So Mark's going to be there again. He's probably coming today or tomorrow, driving in from Cleveland. It's uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. And you know, with all you know the backup for the last two years, people are going to be letting loose. It's going to be crazy. Not in a, you know not in a bad way. People are just going to be excited to see each other. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, well, David, what about you? This week, um, finally finishing up a couple of videos. I got on the main channel, the, um, beadlock joiner video is coming out. And then on the second channel, I'll have the, the video about the Impala. It's just a couple of videos I've been working on for a while and I'm just finally finishing them up. But I think, and I can't remember if I mentioned it here or on the after show that I was looking into buying a building that I could run out to artists and, and, and do that. And that has been put on hold for a little bit because I need to expand my building where I'm working at. So when we, this is going to sound ridiculous, but when we bought the house, it came with two garages. There was an attached garage and a detached garage. And the deal was I got the detached garage for my wood shop and Kelly got the attached garage for her car. And slowly over the last three years, I've been moving into her space with my metalworking tools and stuff. And then I got a go-kart and then I fixed that by buying a trailer so the go-kart can be stored in the trailer. But now I have my dad's old Impala and that is currently in the garage. And so we're looking for solutions. And the current solution is to turn my wood shop back into a regular garage to park the car and then expand the wood shop to the back of the property. So um, it, when it's all done, it'll probably look just like my current shop, but it'll just be in a, in a different room. Cause right now the, the door to the garage is like the tracks have been clipped and the door is bolted shut the the big old car door. And so we'll have to fix that. And then, uh, to the back of the shop, a door will lead into what will be the new wood shop. So right now I'm getting quotes on, there's two massive trees that have to be chopped down and you can't get a truck back there. So they have to do it like a crane over the garage to remove the trees. No, I was going to say helicopter saw blade. Cause that'd be cool. But <laughs> crane's fine. Too. Which is the thing, right? Isn't there some sort of video? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's some sort of video that was getting shared around a few years ago of this, like, helicopter or plane or drone or something with a big old saw just chopping down trees <laughs> so um wow. that's uh i don't think anything the trees might get removed this year 
I don't know how soon a slab can be poured for that, but it might all be in the in the spring. So big changes here, but they won't be. And I'll gain 17 feet more space in the shop, so I'll have a little bit more room for wood storage yeah. and, and tools. So, Is there anything about your shop now that you, like going into something like that, you go, oh, I'm definitely going to change the setup for this or make room for this or you know, for like the that. for the most part it works really well uh i like all the outlets and where the 220 is and then we have floor outlets that would be pretty much exactly the same in the new shop that has worked very well what has not worked is behind my bench is the sliding doors and it's used for storage that needs to be a little bit deeper that way i can get a uh, four foot wide uh, plywood sheets to to rest in there vertically. Right now, it's only like three feet wide. So if I get a sheet of plywood, I really have no place I, to, to put it. So just more more storage there, and there's some renovations getting done to the house, and our bedroom and bathroom is going to get expanded. So we're losing our music room. So maybe this extra footage will be a place to put a drum set because right now there's no place to put a drum set mm, mm. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't kitchen. get used a kitchen's a pretty good place for a drum set <laughs> yeah. a drum set wouldn't fit in our kitchen it's so tiny put it on a platform have it fall down like so you like Tommy Lee it comes out of the ceiling when you need it. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to make something as I hover down <laughs> uh, another thing you, I remember at one point you were talking about I think it was you talking about the floor in your shop. Oh, I hate the floor. Was, yeah. Is I mean, it obviously you'd be pouring a new floor if it was in a whole new thing. So what would you do differently? What was the problem? I don't remember so exactly. In a, in the current shop, you can't tell in the video, but it's like a pitcher's mound in the middle. So I think the idea and they failed, the idea is like if you're if it's snowing and you park the car in the garage, the water falls away as the snow melts the water falls away but instead of draining towards the front door it just drains all into the corner so it's like a big pitcher's mound and it's um a couple months ago a tripod fell over uh it, it was a monopod that had legs uh, but it fell over because it was on the pitcher's mound and it didn't i didn't set it down right and it's it's just it's weird when you walk on it i'm used to it now but it's still but it still bothers me that the floors are just uneven. And if you ever it probably doesn't show up in video, but if you ever see like my miter saw station, on one side the legs are one inch high, and on the other side the legs are four inches high. I mean that's how oh. how much of a, a, a grade there is in there. So the new slab will be perfectly flat. And and yes, we will be putting carpet tiles back in there. <laughs> that's cool. And I think this time, um, all the same electrical. Right now, I have like the the quads, like four outlets. But the left is one circuit, the right is another circuit, and they're every I don't know seven, eight feet all along the wall. This time, I think I will have them mounted on the outside of the drywall in, instead of in the drywall. That way, if there's ever a change, I can do it without tearing into the drywall. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I know like electrical and, you know, any plumbing stuff, air stuff or venting that for me, I go through the cycle where I just change something significant about the shop every 
six months or a year. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff being exposed, you know, that's big, a big help. Cause then you can just like adjust yeah. as you go. Yep. Cool. Well, that's exciting. I mean, do you have any idea on timeline for that? Like, no, um, the goals, contractor that's working on the, the bedroom and the, and the bathroom, they gave us, they gave us some estimates. I want to get some more estimates, but very first thing I need to do is just get these two huge trees removed. And then if somebody can pour a slab this year, it'd be awesome. But uh, I I doubt that that'll happen. So it'll probably be in the spring. I guess with the the temperature there, you can't pour concrete slabs in a certain time of year. Yeah, I I would imagine so. I am not the first I'll tell you what, when when we did my slab, that's funny because David, the Mexican carpenter, he said to me, uh, that's the name of his channel. David said to me, when he came to look at my shop, we built the building in October. And so now it's November and it's like the first, the second week of December. And he comes to look, I had just a dirt floor in my big barn in the backyard. And he goes, uh, yeah, we could I go. Cause I was hoping it was too cold to pour. So I wouldn't have to come up with the money. I said, <laughs> what do you think? I go, it's too cold, right? We're going to have to do it like in maybe April or, or May. He's like, no, no, it's fine. You could, you could pour it. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, huh. we can have this done in like two weeks. I was like, immediately, I was like, ah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now he's going to give me a price, and I'm being like Big Willie, like, yeah, we could do this, no, no worries, as long as it's done in like five months from now, it'd be fine. But we ended up pouring it, you know, we came up with a payment schedule so I could pay him, and we poured it. It was like ten degrees out the day we poured it. Cement's huh. got some oh, sort wow. of like cold retardant in it, which keeps it, you know, makes it work with the cold. And obviously everything worked out, but uh, I was hoping that the cold would be a good incentive to wait. Yeah. So I was being insecure, but we were able to get it all done. Is there, um, is there an advantage or disadvantage to having a contractor kind of manage all of those different stages of pouring, pouring, framing, drywalling and, and stuff? Or is there an advantage to me just having somebody pour the slab? then finding somebody to frame it, then finding somebody to do drywall and, and then electrical. Well, I got, uh, I, I was very lucky when it came to that because I had guys that were in the community that, you know, they knew their work was going to show and shine. So they, you know, and, and they're good to begin with. So there isn't even any excuses to be like lackadaisical or late on there. You know, when David came and looked and goes, we can get this done, but he, he doesn't live here. So he knew he had to get it done so he can go home and it's done. So those guys work their butts off to get it done. Same with Kyle. Kyle doesn't live here. So Kyle did not waste a minute. I mean, they literally worked every single day, hmm. 15 days in a row, late into the dark every day, just so they knew they can get home. So like I said, I got lucky. I got guys that are passionate about what they do, proud of what they do and just want to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's the hardest part, you know, like it's, it's, I can't get anybody to do anything here. I got lucky last, last year, I got three guys that did a lot of the work. They did the inside of the barn, but then they had internal conflicts and then they, their little crew fell apart, had nothing to do with me or their skill set. They just, they decided to not get along anymore. And so they kind of went their own ways, which is unfortunate because <clears throat> as a team, they were very good. But uh, now I'm kind of, I'm out again. I can't find anybody that could could do this, you know, like mm. do this meaning contracting work. I have a lot of work over at the, uh, the racetrack. I wish I can get people to come and do that. I want to do the barn wood walls in the racetrack building and do the exterior over. And I write, and right now I have nobody I can trust except for so, my own little crew, but there's no time for like me and Mike, Mike, the fireman and, and you know, Rob Rojas to do it. 
because we're all doing I, other things. I don't have any experience with this, so I'm probably just talking that I shouldn't talk, but I'm going to anyway. Um, <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I I know a few people who are real estate agents who build houses. Some of them have a contractor that they work with for every single one, and it's just that's their person that manages it all. I know somebody else who kind of uh, is the general contractor themselves, basically, mm-hmm. where they're managing all the subcontracts, handling the order of everything. And I think that has to do with how involved their personalities are. Like that person wants to make sure that everything is managed the way that they want it managed. I would imagine that the first time they did that, it was really difficult because you don't have the context unless you have like a construction background, you probably don't have the context for what all has to happen in what order and you know what the expectations are. So yeah, I would think if you were going to do that one time for a big project like that one time, getting a contractor would just mm-hmm. make the whole thing safer and easier. If you're going to get into like, you know, I don't know, renovating rental properties or, you know, flipping houses or something like that, becoming that person yourself would end up saving you a lot of money and giving you more control over time. That's my assumption. Cause I, we've thought about that as well. Like we looked at our backyard a couple of months ago and we have wanted to get a pool since we moved to Kentucky, but I never even like considered it. Cause there's not really a great place where it would fit with the given structure of the backyard. But so we got to looking at it and we're like, well, I mean, if we if we cut out this hillside right here and then moved the entrance to the garage and moved the driveway and built a garage there, you know, we could do it. But it's like it's not just putting in a pool. It's an entire area of change. And when I got to thinking about that, I'm like, well, I guess technically I could build the garage. Technically, I could pour some concrete, but I have no idea how to manage all of those pieces to get an entire thing like that done. So I think... Right. What has to come first? Who's in charge? Yeah. Or what, what time this concrete's coming? Yeah, that's always... And even the, even the design for, for an area like that to make sure that you have all of the stuff thought of. Because we have utilities running through there mm-hmm. that I can think about, but I don't know when they need to be moved or who would move them or how that would even happen. So, you know, I guess, I guess it depends on how long you want to continue to do that type of work. That's my two cents. That, that makes you, sense. I guess you did ask for <laughs> but anyway um well that's that's exciting man that's that's pretty cool yeah i'm excited get, get a new and new shop even if it is similar to your existing <laughs> shop it's still pretty cool I, I will gain it'll be 17 feet longer so right now i think the current shop is the outside dimensions of the building are 24 by 28 and so the new one would be around 24 by 45 so i gain 17 more feet mm. um right now my ceilings are eight foot just a little over eight foot and they'd be a little bit higher, at least nine foot because trying to move a sheet of plywood and with a ceiling that's only eight foot is a pain in the butt. Plus the lights, uh, it gets trickier with lighting for video when the lights are eight feet above, above you. Um, so having the lights a little bit further back will actually give me better lighting in the shop. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, uh, let's see. For me, we are finally putting out the video this week that we were supposed to put out last week. We ran into a, a, just a technical problem last week. And so it was Thursday when our videos usually go out. It was 11 o'clock when our video, videos usually go out. And we were like, well, it's just like, I don't know, the plans aren't quite done. And like, we could put them out, but they're not really right. We need to correct a couple of things. And then 
And then we got those just about ready. And then it was after lunch. And I was kind of like, I don't know. And we've talked about it before, where if you create a schedule for people and they're used to a certain thing, then if you go off that schedule, sometimes it can kind of throw people for a loop. And we've seen views just completely tank on a video that they shouldn't have tanked on just because it went on a Saturday instead of a Thursday. So at the end of lunch last Thursday, I was like, no, we're just going to wait. Like it's not worth losing potential views to have it out on a day when we could just wait a week and actually loosen the schedule on ourselves a little bit, you know, add some breathing room. So that's finally coming out uh, tomorrow, which is cool. And it gave me time to do another quick little project uh, for a few weeks from now. So trying to get ahead. And yeah, I guess that's kind of what I've been up to. But gets us kind of to our topic today. Um, So I, I did a quick little project last week, which was something I needed. And I got it done. And then I thought, and this is the same cycle I've been through a bunch of times lately. Okay, cool. I got to think of what I'm going to do for next week. And then I started thinking about all of the... I'm I'm used to having a list of, I need this. I need countertops. I need cabinets. I need a table here. I need this thing and I need that thing. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not out of that list. But I'm that list is becoming harder and harder to keep full. And I kind of when that happens, I'll fall back to the, oh, well, just make something that just looks cool. I mean, like, look at David and Jimmy. I thought about you guys yesterday. They they both just like, like Jimmy doesn't need a knife. He has more <laughs> knives than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. But he'll make a knife because he wants to learn how to make a knife or he wants to try this thing or he wants to, he just wants a knife. And so he'll just like make a thing that doesn't necessarily have a purpose. It doesn't have a problem mm-hmm. it's trying to solve. Mm-hmm. David will just make a crazy artistic thing just because it looks cool and because he wants to see it exist in the real world. That's awesome. And then when I think, yeah, you should do that. And I'm like, but, uh, uh, <laughs> and I just freeze because I think I'm pretty good at solving problems and fixing things that are broken or making things to serve a purpose. But when it comes to just like making a thing that looks cool or whatever, I just, I freeze. Yeah. What's your idea? Look at that Rubbermaid garbage pail behind you. Other side. The trash can? That thing? <laughs> yeah. Make that over. That's ugly. It there is you ugly. Go. Make one of those. Well, David already did it. David, that's my, my brain went to David already did it. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do, do you. You do you. Yours would, yours would be so much different. I think it was um, Tim. Make yours out of Lego. <laughs> Tim, I'm forgive me joking. if I got this wrong, but Tim Sway sent me this. Uh, it, it was it was a thing for songwriters. I think it's been it's been a good six years since he sent this, but it was like a jar and it had these like wooden die or dice. I don't know what the plural of dice is. Um, and each each one was like a subject or or an idea and you you would roll the dice and these four or five dice would come out and it would be a place uh, a subject and uh, some other variable and then you would write a song about that so what you could do is create some sort of like lottery system for yourself where you're pulling out the the power balls and each and then you have to create you then 
not having parameters is the biggest roadblock to a lot of projects because you're just open to, you can do anything. You can do anything you want. And I deal with this with music now. Like I have all this stuff. I, I have all these plugins. I have an unlimited amount of tracks. I could write anything that I wanted to, but I've got too much. There's, there's too many choices. So yeah. I'm paralyzed and yeah. you don't do it. So maybe doing something like that where you're, you're you just, forcing parameters on yourself will help you do something yeah. creative. We, are we, we're into the topic, right? This is the topic for this week, kind of? You sure. kind of slowly slid into it, right? Yeah, I guess so. Did we announce it? I didn't even notice. I was busy answering text messages. <laughs> 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 but uh, there, there's... I, I was just going to do a little intro. Was there, there's, I have a lot of friends, and uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, she always had this problem. She would do anything for anybody, extreme creative. She's incredible. She would do anything anybody asked her. But when she's sitting home alone at her sewing machine, she has no idea what to do. She has to be given an assignment. And she could never figure out what to do for herself. And it was always a big problem because she would get, she would actually get frustrated. And this couple of maker friends of mine, same thing. If anybody gives them something to do, they're all over it. They spend the entire weekend making something for somebody. Once that's done, there's a vacuum. It's like, what do I do for myself? I need to just sit here and wait for somebody else to tell me what to do. <clears throat> and um, there's so many things you can do to jog that within you, but you also need to kind of tap into that that energy, whatever that vein is, when somebody gives you an assignment. You need to tap into that energy, whatever that is. It's not just coming up with a good idea. It's just tapping into that, what is it about me wanting to please somebody makes me motivated? You have to tap into that about wanting to please yourself uh, because it's really important to be able to do something for yourself that it has the same energy level that you're doing to please a stranger. You know, when, you, when you're given a That's job to do something, you're like, I don't, I don't want to look stupid. I want to make sure I deliver. I want to be honest. I want to have integrity. I want to make sure that it's good. But the minute all that's gone because it's not against the wall or against somebody else, you're just like, I don't know what to do for myself. And it's almost like, it's like writer's block in the extreme because you're not there to please somebody else. You, you, you have to take care of yourself and it's hard to do that for yourself. It's hard to look at yourself and say, what do I need? I don't need anything. I'm fine. I'd rather just go watch YouTube or I'd rather just go watch TV. You know, you really have to tap into that. You know, what are the, I, I'm no, I'm no psychologist, but what are those endorphins that get you going when you have to please another person? or a client, or anybody, is anybody. But when you're left alone, you're just like, eh, I don't know what to do. And almost to the point where you're like apathetic, you don't even care to do anything for yourself. And, you know, I think that's more of the hurdle than not having the good idea. Because yeah. the good idea could be anything. You could look around your room, you could make a new mic stand out of wood, uh, you know, like there's a couple cool mic stands. I'm just looking in your window there. You could make, look at that folding chair in the back. Is that folding chair? Now, that's not just a device for wrestlers to smack over each other's back. You could make that out of walnut. Make a folding chair out of walnut. Make your own folding chair out of just, like, found objects. Remember yeah. you made the green machine out of, like, found objects and stuff? Yeah. Make a, a And all it would be is an engineering problem. And people would be like, that's so stupid that you're making a folding chair. But by the time you're done, you will be like, these are all the five things I've learned about mechanical engineering right. a folding chair, you know? And it's, making that folding chair is so complicated if it oh, didn't yeah. exist, you know, and for you to make it, you'll implant in your vocabulary 10 things that you will take with you to other builds and they'll scatter into the ether of 
you know, your vocabulary of know-how by just like, you know, and then you could say, I'm going to make a folding chair and these are, I'm going to make it out of curtain rods or I'm going to make it out of leftover conduit. And this is how I'm going to do it. And you learn how to weld thin wall. You learn how to cup a pipe to fit another pipe. You know, there's millions of little decisions that you can't otherwise identify until you're actually in it. But, you know, if somebody came to you and said, I need five folding chairs made out of this pile of conduit, I'll give you, you know, $800 each. You'd be like, you jump into it. You wouldn't even ask why they need it. You'd be like, that's stupid, but I'll do it. You know? <laughs> that's interesting because, like, I don't really do things. I don't make things for other people. So I, what you're saying, the idea is is definitely there. But it's not my typical workflow is not to fulfill the need of, a, you know, someone commissions something or whatever. But the same thing applies where I get the most enjoyment out of, making a thing to do a job, to fill a need, to make something easier, to make something just look better. But but it's targeted at a, I'm air quoting problem, not necessarily a problem, but there is a thing that is being solved by what I'm making. And so I guess with what you're saying there, instead of, you know, I guess I don't have the problem. I don't have the problem. And so being able to change how I identify what a problem, again, air quotes, what a problem is, um, maybe it would make it easier to find something to, to solve that problem. Well, like you have, that's what I'm saying. You have to, you have to give yourself a a problem. And I know this is just a dumb example. It's a silly example, but that folding chair, for instance, because Bob's office is now empty. There's where the folding chair is, (laughs) is, uh, and the, the garbage bin are the only thing over shoulders. But yeah. the, so I'm saying the folding chair, you could give yourself the problem of saying, I want, I want a walnut folding chair. I want a veneer it in walnut because that's what I want. You make that decision and uh, then that's your problem to solve. Like you have to give yourself that problem as simple as it might be. Doesn't well, I think that's what I'm to, saying is like, I'm, I used to, it doesn't have to be a new kitchen. Right. I see problems and I try yeah. to solve those problems, yeah. but I'm not creating problems, which is what you're yeah. saying. You know, like, yeah. you know, just come up with a problem, make one that doesn't exist so that you can solve it. And that's something yeah. I hadn't really thought through. And I think that's part of like, I have a bunch of internal criteria for stuff that's stupid and like overthought. <laughs> and you know, I have a bunch we of those do. things. And what, yeah. <laughs> that's one of them is that like, well, that's not a genuine problem. Like, why would I waste my time? But you just told me exactly why I should waste the time to do that because I would learn a bunch of stuff that I could then fold into future legitimate yeah. problems. Um, that's a really good point. That's like for instance, point. like you, you could, you could use the, again, it's the dumbest example I could think of, but making a folding chair out of, uh, you know, found materials or just a different type of material that's readily available You'd be, you figure out how to use your, your milling machine. You could use your lathe. You could bring in, you know, you could 3D print a funny, you know, back thing that would go against your back or CNC it. So you could bring in all these disciplines. It's, it's almost like you could use the, the, here's a problem you could solve, make the folding chair, but you have to use every machine in your shop. So you have to force yourself to think about why you would use the table saw, why you would use the bridge board, why you would use the the, That's funny because I make projects and I'm thinking, okay, my audience might not have all these machines, so I'm going to limit it to these machines. I've never thought of doing it the opposite way. That's I'm totally doing that. That'll give you like a creative checklist that you you otherwise wouldn't have. You know, there's yeah. a problem to solve. Like, why would I well, need to use the table saw <laughs> to make a jig to put it on the bridge port? There you go. Another interesting thing here, though, that I hadn't actually 
It's weird that you mentioned the chair because I'm afraid of chairs. We talked about this before. Like, <laughs> not, I'm not afraid of chairs. I'm afraid of making chairs. I'm also so, afraid of dolphins, by the way. Don't ever show me a picture of a dolphin. It gets good. <laughs> I'm afraid of making chairs because they seem like one of those things that it's, there's a thousand ways it could be wrong, but one way it could be right is what a, a chair feels That's like. That's a to great me. way to put it. I just made my bent wood chair, which is on Instagram. It'll be on the Rockwood channel. And I, as soon as I was in the middle of making it, it was too late. I'm like, the, the butt is going to be too short. There's nothing I could do yeah. about it. The, I, I, I could only add wood later after it's done being built. I can look at it and go, I need to add like a breadboard end to make the butt longer. I couldn't take the slats. I had already started bending, making them longer. I didn't account for the curve. So the top's a little too long and the butt. So I should have moved the curve up a little bit. So I would have had more butt and less back. Anyway, Taylor thinks it's perfect for you know her smaller body. Me, I sit my <laughs> knees are out in space. But- I love the phrase, you, there's a thousand ways to make it wrong, and there's only one way to make it right. Yeah. And it's funny, because there's a post-it note right here that I wrote that uh, several weeks ago that says, how do we address fear, imposter syndrome, head-on? And I wrote that down after we talked about imposter syndrome, because I was thinking, what about if there was a video that was just about doing something that I was in- intentionally afraid of, or... Mm-hmm unconfident in and that was the point of the video not the thing itself take a thing that's that's just like i'm going into this absolutely blind and pretty sure that i'm going to do it wrong but we're going to do it anyway to just break through that initial you know get the failure out of the way yeah that's it and that's like great. that's the point of the video and i mean honestly the chair is kind of a good way to be able to get that idea across mm-hmm hmm Maybe I will make a folding chair. <laughs> well, maybe I'll try to make a folding chair and fail. <laughs> this I don't think this is a brand new idea anymore, but I came up with it when I was in art school. I always wanted to make a chair that looked like it's about to walk away, like one foot is up and the other one is up. So it has like human mm. feet, but like it's in the middle of like a strut. It's in the middle of mm. like a... I always wanted to do that, but that's it probably like something that would be that's a, been out. A really unstable chair to sit in. No, no, it, it would look unstable, but it would obviously be stable. Is there something like that, Dave's looking through his? I, uh, I, I have a, I have a, a few chair books, and I've seen something with actual feet on there. So I'm flipping right. through, but not. I don't think like, as you were describing. Just chair I with came feet. up with this idea. You know how I came up with this idea a hundred years ago, walking to Manhattan. There was a mailbox that had been hit by a car. And its legs were all shifted. It looked like it was about to run away <laughs> because its legs were like gestured in a way like it had been hit and twisted. And it looked like it was just getting ready to walk away the mailbox. It was so cool. That's pretty awesome. I find it it's really easy to, uh, and this is probably the same subject, but it's easy for me to give advice and solutions to other people's problems, but not figure out my own. Like, oh, Bob, mm. you don't know what to make and you don't know where to start. Yeah, just roll the dice and give yourself okay. parameters. But I, I might sit here next week and think, I don't know what to make. And I, even though there's 200 things written down in my notebook of what I want to do, none of those things is is calling at me right now. It's, yeah. you know, there, there needs to be a purpose. And I might be paralyzed by having too many options. And so I always find it's it's so easy to give advice. But then when it comes to myself, that's when it gets tough. That's why you got to write on your you got to write on your computer. Roll the dice. Just keep that post-it note up there. Yeah, I have tons of like that post-it note I showed you. I have tons of them around here with different little things to remind me because I get so caught up with you know um, just daily stuff that I forget these little nuggets of 
these prompts. <laughs> oh yeah, Jimmy has a bunch of notes there. Little prompts to get you to remind, remember things or to remember to remember things. <laughs> um, I found you were talking about the there being a list of 200 things. I have a huge list and I have a present list of things that I actually need right now. You know, it's not, it's not like these are all future what if kind of things. I mean, there are, I need a table in our dining room. I, that's a thing I need, but there's that and all the other things on that list. There's something about those projects that's so unknown that I haven't quite nailed down that I can't, it's like a hurdle, like a, like a block on that particular thing. And so yesterday morning, uh, I ended up calling a few places, a glass place and a steel place to try to get some of those blocks out of the way for upcoming projects. Like, well, I don't know what kind of glass I need. And I can sit here and say, I don't know what kind of glass I need forever. Or I could just call a place and ask what kind of glass I need, and then (laughs) it's done. And it's so funny because, uh, you know, I've been talking about building a rotisserie for the Carmen Ghia so I can flip the body over. And... For several weeks now, I mean, I've pretty much got the design done, but several weeks I'm like, well, I don't really know if if I can find two pieces of square tube that will telescope. One will fit inside the other because I want to make this thing lift. And I'm like, well, I don't really know what's available, you know? And I would just stop there. I don't really know what's available. <laughs> you know how you solve that? You call the person who knows what's available and you ask them. <laughs> and so I finally got around to doing that yesterday. It took me five minutes to have in a complete helpful phone call with this person at a steel yard who was awesome. I told him what I was doing. <laughs> it was, it was funny. Cause I called dude answers and I'm like, this is kind of silly, but I'm going to build a rotisserie for a car. And so I'm looking for square tubing that can telescope. And he was like, Oh yeah, we have people in here all the time who get the Harbor freight, you know, lift and they're trying to do this and they're kind of a pain in the butt to build around. So you're going to need this and this and this. And I'm like, well, actually that's really helpful, but I'm going to build from scratch. He's like, oh, that's even easier. Well, you need two and a half and two and an eighth, and you're going to have an eighth of an inch gap on this side if you use three sixteenth wall. And wow, that's great. It was awesome, and it was less than five minutes, and I got more information than I needed. They have everything in stock. That roadblock for that project is gone. Mm, right. And so now I can't lean on that as like a, well, <laughs> one of these days, I guess I'll get to that. Like, that's over with. So you're going to build so, a full rotisserie for that body so you can flip it and work on it? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's that's nuts. It's not actually that hard. I no, wish I, I could know. say, I'm yeah, saying, it's cool. I'm amazed that you're going full full bore. Like it's crazy. It's cool. It's yeah, yeah. For me with the Carmagia, it's not worth doing it halfway. Like yeah, I'm, it's great. I'm oh, look at, at he's all confident now. Look at him. Before he's afraid <laughs> no, to take out the gas. I mean, thing. it's I'm <laughs> I'm terrified great. of that process, but it's like I can't. I'm not going to get into it halfway and then have all the rust come back in a few years. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. if I'm going to do this car, I'm going to do it right. If I didn't want to do this amount of work, I should have just bought a better one. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> so, Did you um, see that? Did I send you that video of the car going into some acid that like Porsche yes. body? Yes. It's like sinking into elite auto body is a great Instagram channel for auto body guys. It just, it's just a collection of really good auto body Clips, they all come together on this one channel. I don't know what, I don't even know if it's somebody's channel or if it's a promotional video channel for somebody, Elite Auto Body. And it just shows like the most cutting edge technological stuff for guys redoing cars. Well, and that, that acid bath that you showed is, that's what they do to new cars. Like when, you know, when they come off the line, there is an acid bath where they lift Mm -hmm. the body on these like 
kind of spindle things and they dip it in this weird way into this giant acid bath to etch the surface. Mm -hmm. And then I think they might even do the same thing with the initial primer. I'm not positive about that. Because there's also like, there's tons of oil on it from the manufacturing process from all the dye stamps and stuff. Yeah. It's really crazy. But in fact, there was a, I saw a video similar to that uh, from the Tesla factory and it was talking about how their bodies are, are treated, but then also it showed some of the stamping process because they have, I think some of the body panels are aluminum. I might be wrong on this, but there was a stamping process where the dies for these, like the majority of a body of a car is pressed at one time. And these dies are huge, like bigger than this room, just gigantic machines to yeah. press a, a single piece. And then it just kind of like pops out the other side and you're like, oh, look, that looks like a car. It's like the shape of a car. Anyway, um, if just so you are aware, if you take anything down to bare metal and you're worried about it rusting, Eastwood makes a primer that is a roll-on. So you don't. So if you you know you don't want to set up mm. a, a spray booth or whatever, there's a quick way to get a coat of primer on there. I got some stuff from Eastwood called After Blast, and it's um, I think it's kind of like a, a, a phosphate zinc coating. And so it's okay. not a primer, but it's it's to stop a uh, flash rusting on the surface. Mm-hmm. And so after you get it blasted or you get it down to bare metal, you just put this on and it creates a really thin coat pre-primer. I did see that roll-on primer, and I think I might have even got some of it. Um, that whole process is really intimidating because I've got a guy who can come out and blast it. So once I get the thing built, I'll get the car body on it, roll it out into the field. He'll come blast it off and then i immediately have to get it all covered or it's you know um and so i'm trying to look into that after blast stuff which is just in a spray bottle you just kind of like spray it on and make sure it gets coverage and then the priming process being set up so that i can roll it i can spray it out there let it dry roll it right into the place where i'm going to put on the primer and i guess the roll-on would make it easier i wouldn't have to worry about like a, a booth being prepared for it but that whole process is a little scary because you want to get all that work done to get it like blasted and all beautiful and then let it sit for a couple of weeks you're right <laughs> come back and it's all just like rust yeah I don't want that. as i'm uh you know i, I think i mentioned i took a, an online course about auto body work and, and and painting and it's 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 not one of those things where you can just do one stage and then let it sit for a few weeks because uh, the way paint works, it's either a mechanical adhesion or a chemical in it, adhesion. And um, for the chemical, it's you you spray on wet, like you put your your coat on, and then you're putting your next coat on ten minutes later because it needs that chemical adhesion. And you you only have a, a depending on what paint or clear coat you're using, you only have a, a window that you can work in. Otherwise, you got to sand it so you can get a mechanical adhesion. It's yeah. And like for, see, uh, that's part of it. The, what I'm worried about there is because I have to have the blasting and then I have to seal it or put that after blast on and then start doing body work. So I can't, the paint and even the primer, I mean, I guess there's probably like weld through primer, but even the primer is far off because I have a bunch of stuff I have to cut out and put in new panels and things like that before I even get to any of the finish yeah. stuff. So that time span in there, I'm a little worried about. Plus, there's so many spiders out at the farm. Like, <laughs> man, go out there and to work on the car. I've done you're it this weekend. Chairs and like, spiders. I spent, 
I'm not afraid of them, but they make a mess. There's just spider webs everywhere this time. My black so. barn has so many spiders in it. And Taylor's been, she really loves like the cleanness of the room. She's really particular about having like a clean space to weld. So she's kind of moved her welding operation into there on top of the welding table. And while we're in there working, I'll be wrenching on either the new trailer or the Cadillac and I'll hear her going, And that's her like picking up something and this big wolf spider comes out. They're everywhere. And uh, when you walk around at night with your flashlight on, because that's in, it's like 500 feet from the house where there's no ambient light. So you just got to be in the, if it's night, it's dark. And you see little tiny eyes in the grass. Like everywhere, what looks like might be a pearl of water (laughs) is the eyes of spiders. And there's hundreds of them when you walk around my property at night. If you ever try it, when you walk around at night with a flashlight, if you point it just for look for the little tiny pearls, like like you would see a deer's eyes in the headlight, but yeah. they're tiny, and they catch your eyes because you're looking at the retina of a spider. It's bizarre. It's true. <laughs> That's weird. Huh? I don't know that I want to do that necessarily. Right. <laughs> I don't think I'll go see if I can find that. Uh, well, thank you for the help on trying to come up with uh, a process for a project that doesn't need to be made. This is for you. This is for you. And also anybody that might have this problem that's listening. It's like, you have to like pretend that somebody's giving you this assignment. You kind of have to like go into an altered reality and basically say like, okay, somebody wants me to make a knife out of a crowbar. It's not for me. It's because there's somebody else. And then all of a sudden that somebody else becomes the audience. So you're trying to please the audience the best you can while, you know, learning and trying to take away what you can. So the audience could be that person that is asking you to do something. And then once you start it, you start making every conscious decision like, oh, I want to make sure that this is right because I want to please my client. I want to make sure this is right because I want to please my client. I want to, you know, be humble so my client knows that, you know, this was the best effort I could do. You know what I mean? So Mm. that helps me. That's good advice. Cool. Um, Well, let me thank our Patreon, unless you guys got anything else. No, that's it. I need to, we just got to uh, self-generate ideas. That's really where it's at. You got to practice it. It's not easy. Yeah, I think that's a process that I, I haven't really cracked yet. So that's something I need to practice. Um, let me thank our Patreon supporters who are fantastic and help out the show. Uh, they keep it going. So big thanks to everybody over there at Patreon of all different levels, but especially our top supporters, Odin Leather Goods, Full Steam Designs, Rich at Lowen Designs, Blondie Hacks. Did you get that email from Quinn? About yeah, yes. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Blondie hacks here in a second. Excellent. Um, Fun kiss artistic creations. You can make this too. Chad for mancrafting works by solo. Albers Woodworks and Corey Ward. But there's also a huge list of people like Ryan Lavalley. Ryan's one of our patrons, and we're grateful for him and for everybody else who helps us out over there. So if you want to get the after show, which is another little separate podcast of us talking about secret stuff. I've got some secret stuff today. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, after showy stuff that we talk about in the after show. If you want that, you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash making it and help us out and then get the after show or don't. We're just glad you're here. You guys got anything to recommend today? Uh, yeah, Blondie Hacks. Oh, well, that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> after talking about my new mini lathe, she reached out through our Patreon messages and said, hey, I have some playlists. And they are the absolute 
perfect playlist that I need to get started in lathing. That's the correct term. Lathing. Lathing. So yeah, my pick <laughs> is Blondie Hex. And thank you for reaching out. Cool. What you got, Jimmy? Uh, you know, I was just, I talked about Elite Auto Body, but check out the Elite Auto Body Instagram account if uh, anybody's getting into car stuff. It's uh, by watching it. I have a dent on my, it's new to me. It's a uh, 2018. I bought it new, my Chevy Silverado. I have a big dent on the, the, the pickup bedside that I, I hit, I hit like a stanchion in a parking lot one day. And um, I think I might make a video based on me watching Elite Auto Body, thinking to myself, I could do that. Instead of like thinking, you know, I have to fix up something that is old and decrepit, I could fix a brand new car. So I, I might do a video of me fixing the side of my, you know, painting it black again, just like it was, pulling the dent out. The cool thing about Elite Auto Body's channel is they show all this technology where people are fixing dents down to perfection with no auto body filler. They pull the dent out, they weld, they weld these little rings on or these little tabs, all these little things to pull the dent back out completely. And then, you know, finishing tools to completely smooth it over. And uh, it's pretty bizarre how some of these things don't look like they're fixable. And then, you know, obviously in a five second clip on, on Instagram, it looks perfect when they're done, but obviously it takes hours and hours, but they pull these dents out of folded door jams that look perfect. Something I've been into lately is just watching um, shaping metal with a hammer, whether it's pulling dents out using uh, a hammer and, and a, whatever that backing piece is called, or just shaping it with a, a like a sandbag and a hammer. I'm like, I didn't even yeah. know these things were possible. Like, this is so yeah. cool. I want to get into this. And so um, to kind of practice, because I'm not going to paint the Impala until next spring when the temperatures get back to normal. But in the meantime, I've been thinking about like, oh, I, I need to go to the antique store and get an old toolbox or whatever, and then maybe reshape the lid or add to the lid or, or do some weird things. And, and so I want to, I want to practice those techniques. It's something I've never done. By the way, Dave, did you, did you, either of you guys see, uh, the, it's on HBO max, the, the, the Sopranos prequel. The coolest thing about the whole movie, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of Sopranos only just because I don't pay attention too much to scripted stuff. But in general, the coolest thing about the entire thing I came away with, I want a 67 Impala convertible. Uh -huh. a, <laughs> Is there a 67 Impala in there? Yeah, it's a convertible though. It's, it's like one of the characters uh, uh, is driving a 67 Impala convertible. And I was like, that's, that's so funny. Apparently there's some show and I think it's called Supernatural. And there's a 67 Impala in there. So anytime I do Google search, this stupid TV show comes up and ruins all my <laughs> Google searches. Yeah. I got to find it. Send you guys. Um, well, for me, it's our good buddy, Jocko. So oh. I ordered his kinetic driver that he designed and it came in the other day and this thing is absolutely beautiful. It, yes. I mean, the whole marketing thing for, for this was that you don't need it. And I agree, you don't need it. It's <laughs> excessive. But man, it's gorgeous. And they, I don't, it, it's like way more legit than a tool should be that doesn't come from major manufacturing. <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful tool. And I kind of don't even want to use it because it's so pretty. The packaging is really awesome. 
the it comes with a whole bunch of different uh, bits. Basically, it's a precision screwdriver. Anybody that doesn't know, it's not you can't see it. But if you haven't seen it, it's a precision screwdriver that has a bearing on the back of it, so that in a, a really high spin, you can hear it bearing. Um, so it kind of uses the weight of the flywheel at the bottom to to spin in. So you don't have to you know twist your hand and stuff. Again, you don't need that. It's just a screwdriver, but Man, it's gorgeous. And, you know, when our friends make stuff, I like to support it and buy it. And this is this is just a really, really cool thing. He also sent me, in that package, one of his, um, what, is, what does he call them? The Sharp Edge. It's a, it's a Sharpie with a different case on it. Mm-hmm. It's I this like it machined aluminum anodized case. And he sent me a one-of-a-kind orange one. And it is so cool. Yeah, that's cool. So cool. And so they have a fl- they have flat sides to them, so your Sharpie won't roll away. Does it make very, the Sharpie cool. nice but and heavy? No, it's actually, I think, lighter. Huh. I I don't know. I really, like, we just got new kitchen utensils, uh, um, forks and knives and spoons, and they're really dense and really heavy. And I like that. Yeah. I like, like, I, I want, I have a Sharpie in my hand right now. I want it to be super heavy. Hmm. So this one, it's about the same. Maybe it's a little bit heavier, okay. but not noticeable. Like I, without holding a, a regular Sharpie, Sharpie, I would have thought it was lighter. So yeah, it's not much different, but it's really slick. He just designs great stuff. He does. And uh, I think, you know, the maker knife, I think is like one of my favorite things. I have it with me all the time and these new tools are great. And so he, they have a company now called Placed Atoms. You can get all of this stuff from Placed Atoms, and it's a design company where they design cool tools. And so I'm learning a lot from watching what they do. Uh, I also just like to see my friends do good work and succeed at it. So, you know, go check them out. Uh, I don't have any videos or anything because I haven't really been watching anything. So sorry about that. I just did a little research, and I think it's a 66 Impala. Okay. I just sent mm. you guys a picture I found online. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, they did a um, mighty 65 or 66. Uh, they did a body redesign in, in 67. So Yeah, you got like that sharp back mm-hmm. fender yeah. that kind of flares up a little bit. Yep. All right. Well, you guys got anything else? I think we get Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Love you.